0: Welcome to Good Company for Friday, May 13th. And today, a story of when counting sheep went wrong. Also, a new Barbie to check out. And we welcome a special guest, Daniel Whitehead of the Sanctuary Course, to talk about the church's response to the current mental health crisis we are seeing in Canada. All of this on this episode of Good Company. And you can always tune in live Monday through Friday from 5 till 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, streaming at joyradio.ca. You're listening to Good Company, bringing you the best in Christian music and talk. I'm Holly Taylor, and as we are heading into a weekend, hopefully you get a great night's sleep, you get to hang out with friends or family, and you have something memorable that will you or your family, um, I've got a bit of a memorable story for you. And it may not make sense, but we're just going to kick things off with this random story because it made me smile. As often people refer to counting sheep as a way of being able to go to sleep. In this day and age, that might be a more common tool to use as a lot of people saying we're having a hard time sleeping because of stress. So here's some sheep in England. And what they ended up doing was leaping from a nearby field onto a roof of a building. I don't know how they did it. I had to reread the story twice. But five sheep went on a field. There was a bit of a hill, and they jumped to the roof of a building. And so, of course, uh, Shepard comes out and he sees five of his woolly friends on top of a building. So, a uh, fire department was called and they made a makeshift bridge. One of the sheep saw the bridge and because the five of them wanted to be together, they traveled in groups. He got them all wrangled up to where the one escape route was and led the team down this makeshift bridge that the fire and rescue department put out for them so all the sheep landed on the ground safe and sound but can you imagine just seeing five sheep going from a hill jumping onto a building then getting stuck (laughs) like that's that's what happens when you're imagining sheep counting them jumping over a fence but in this case they land on the fence and get stuck But thank goodness for the rescue crew. Anyway, as we are talking about random things, we're also going to talk about some very important things today on Good Company. So many people are dealing with stress, mental health issues. In fact, it is noted that across our nation, there is a mental health crisis. So we're going to dive into that conversation today about how the church can help support those in these situations better. So I'm excited. Daniel Whitehead will be joining us for today's episode of Good Company. So get ready for that coming up. I'm Holly Taylor. This weekend, maybe while you're gardening, taking advantage of the warm weather, even if it showers a little bit, I mean, throw the seed down on your lawn. It'll grow in no time. But we've got some great podcasts you can listen to while you're doing that, because our podcasts are available. If you've got a smartphone, you can just download your favorite podcast app and look for any one of our podcasts. We have Grow on the Go, Between the Grooves, also my personal favorite, because it's one that I get to do with Johnny Rocket. Why Me Project in this past week, we had an incredible guest. She is an airplane crash survivor. Her story will definitely make pulling weeds a million times more fun. So definitely check out our podcast for that full list of all the podcasts that we have. Check out faithstrongtoday.com. I'm Holly Taylor. I love having guests because we get to learn so much. And one of the big topics of conversation, um, whether it be in the church or out of the church, has been mental health, especially now. Um, But I do love how it is now more accessible. Just the resources and the conversations, the stigma attached to it, I feel has lessened. As I heard a stat, 70% of Canadians uh, identify now with having some sort of of mental health Uh, situation that they're dealing with. So this is truly a crisis. So let's go to the experts. Daniel Whitehead, he's the CEO of Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries, is joining me here today. Daniel, how's it going?
1: It's going well, thank you, Holly. It's lovely to be with you. Well,
0: it's lovely to be with you as well, because we've got lots to dive into, because I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes over the course of the past three years, we'll say, pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and as we're sort Mm. of leaving the pressures of pandemic. So I'm, I'm curious to know What are some of those key changes that you've seen in mental health across our
1: country? Yeah, so in the last three years, we've seen a huge shift in the mental health conversation. Uh, We we track what people are are Googling, how they find our organization online. And there are a lot more people, a huge increase in people doing searches like, what does the Bible say about depression, um, uh, Christian faith and mental health? We, we've seen uh, and essentially we've seen a huge increase in downloads of our, our flagship resource the Sanctuary course which is kind of like a mental health alpha course it's a, it's a course that helps churches to begin a conversation about faith and mental health and we saw six times the downloads of that resource in the first two months of COVID comparatively to the previous year wow. so six times the previous year in the first two months so this conversation has there's been a marked shift in the last couple of years and um, yeah, we, we, we feel overwhelmed, but we also feel very privileged to be helping churches all over the world in this conversation.
0: Mm hmm. Well, let's talk about what is Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries.
1: Yeah. So Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries is a nonprofit that was founded in Vancouver. Um, despite my accent, I am <laughs> actually about to become a dual citizen. I do live in Vancouver. Um, I'm originally from england and um i've been leading it for five and a half years and essentially what sanctuary does is it takes the subject of mental health and it looks at it from from three distinct perspectives we look at it from a clinical perspective so what does the best of science and research have to tell us about this subject and what does theology and the bible have to tell us about this subject and thirdly what is a person in the midst of the crisis the person with the lived experience of mental health challenges what do they have to say about it? And I think by holding those three perspectives in tension, sanctuaries created a, a new way for churches to hold this subject, which is more compassionate, uh, more safe in the ultimate goal that the church becomes a true sanctuary for people in the midst of crisis, that people truly understand that it's okay to not be okay and that God is with us in the midst of our pain and our struggles. And um, and this is very much a part of faith. So, so uh That's really what Sanctuary does. We help churches to have those conversations. Churches that don't know where to start can turn to Sanctuary and our resources, which are all free, they help churches to, to begin that journey.
0: I'm so glad that you are you're working in on this this area because I remember growing up. So we're talking the '80s now, and it was oh you're dealing with mental health. Ooh, you need to pray more. Ooh, you're not trusting mm-hmm. Jesus enough. And the, the that yeah. was the conversation in the church, and it felt like the church was lagging behind where the world was, and that there wasn't the compassion for people in the church who were truly struggling. For you, how can the church do different? To service people yeah. who are maybe now wounded by that message from 20 30 years ago who are still dealing with anxiety or mental health issues.
1: Yeah, well, of course, the, the great tragedy and irony about what you've just said is that when someone is in the midst of a crisis, whether they ever diagnosed mental illness or not, but if someone is having uh, challenges in their mental health, um, and we've all been there, we've all had bad news, we've all, you know, we've lost loved ones suddenly, or we've been in. You know accidents that have suddenly caused us to to have anxiety um in those moments one a big part of our healing is connection a big part of our healing is having people around us to encourage us and to walk with us through the difficult times so when a church albeit with the best intentions uh, and sometimes not i would suggest um but when a church would say well, you just need to read the bible and pray more like basically there's a problem with your faith mm-hmm. that compounds a person's suffering it causes that person to be further isolated which is the exact opposite of what that person needs to recover to heal so uh we we uh are constantly encouraging churches and, and for the record i'm a ordained minister my wife is a pastor Um, I led a church for 10 years before doing this job I'm very profoundly committed to the church I preach regularly so I'm not anti-church i far from it I'm the opposite I think the church has so much to offer people who are in the midst of crisis has so much opportunity to connect to offer spiritual support friendship and care which doesn't have to be to the exclusion of Clinical support and other supports from doctors and therapists and psychologists. So, sanctuary is trying to help churches to see their role in being compassionate places of support. But you're right; there are a number of people that have been kind of traumatised, and we've got some work to do to repair those those uh, those areas of pain.
0: You say that you were a pastor, and now you're a part of sanctuary mental health ministries. What brought you over to serve in a different sort of capacity?
1: You know, I um I, I, yeah, I was a pastor on the south coast of England for so, um two years as a youth pastor, then eight years as a senior pastor. And in that time, I uh, was experiencing burnout, but I didn't know it. And I didn't have any framework or language for that. And I had lots of wonderful people in the church who were loving and supportive. And, um, uh, but I I didn't know how to give myself permission to not be okay. And I, I just didn't know what to do with that. So I came to Vancouver with my young family, uh, kind of lock, stock and barrel. We sold up and moved here because we had a vague sense that, uh, God was calling us here, and uh, when we moved to Vancouver, I was studying at Regent College, a graduate school of theology, and I ended up w- a one-year diploma became a diploma and two master's degrees. And, and in the process of doing that, I explored this subject, and um, I, I took on the role of sanctuary during that. and uh, And I didn't know that um, I could love a role so much, but I love that I get to help the church. Um, increasingly around the world because Sanctuary's work has grown so quickly. But um, yeah, I just love this role. It feels like it was made for me. Hmm.
0: I love that when we get to live out our passion, it is such a wonderful spot to be in. And it seems like uh, through this ministry, you have an opportunity to help people in a whole different way. Why did you design this resource though, specifically for churches or can other groups and individuals use it?
1: Yeah, I mean, anyone can use it. It's free. I think the thing we say as a Christian organization and we have a very broad vision of the church we, we have a, a resource designed for catholics specifically um, and we have an ecumenical resource we work across the church spectrum because our commitment is that all churches should be safe places for people in the midst of crisis and, and we want to equip the church, the church to do that i think the the resource was really um uh, the, the sanctuary course was really designed because in my experience and in many people's experience, this is such a big subject and can be a scary subject, but I think uh, you know, pe- people often just don't know where to start. I mean, where do we begin with, with this subject, with, with, <laughs> right. our, with our history with it? So we, we took a very simple approach and said, churches need help. At the starting point we need to help them have a good conversation and so uh, when we created the sanctuary course it is designed with that in mind beginning a conversation and you don't need to be an expert to run it if you can facilitate a small group you can facilitate a sanctuary course it's all laid out it's film based we have some beautiful films that have been filmed all around the world capturing people's lived experience hearing from experts um so yeah i mean our, our vision is that the church will become the safest place and we want to We want to hold the church's hand and say, you've got this. You've got things to offer. There are things you can do. And as scary as the subject seems, let us come alongside you and let us help you to become a place that can hold this space for people in the midst of crisis. And that includes pastors as well. That includes leadership teams and elders and pastors. This involves the whole community, not not just one or two.
0: Yeah. It's like, how can you help people in an efficient and effective manner when you yourself are struggling with mental health?
1: that is such a good question and it it can seem so hard and it can seem so countercultural to be a, 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 let's say a wounded leader and yet i would remind us all that our savior himself is a wounded leader he carries the marks of 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 the cross and i think there's a clue there to us about how our leadership can be marked that, that it, we can lead in the midst of crisis but it probably requires vulnerability it probably requires us to be brave enough to show people our wounds which uh, you know that can be a very scary proposition but I do think it resonates with uh, Jesus with the story of Jesus with with the one that we worship so um, yeah I would encourage leaders if you're struggling and I know many many leaders are at the moment this has been an incredibly tough uh, two and a half years for pastors Uh, I know that for a fact Um, I would say find find a safe space to talk to people maybe start with one or two but i know pastors that have stood in front of their churches and said you know i'm really struggling at the moment um i'm struggling with anxiety or depression and and actually for many congregations the congregations say oh i feel so relieved because i feel the same way and i didn't know i was allowed to so um that, that can be scary i know but i think uh, it's okay for leaders to be struggling
0: mm-hmm. yeah I love that because I think there is so much strength in vulnerability and now they can lead with empathy in a whole different way. So I love that there's this course. It's again called the Sanctuary Course. Uh, Daniel, where can people go for more information to access this?
1: yeah if you go to sanctuarymentalhealth.org there are a bunch of resources on there um, including a resource we created on the faith grief for COVID-19 to help people process the experiences of grief and loss during this time but they're all free on sanctuarymentalhealth.org or you can look us up on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram Um, but yeah tell tell everyone, we're here to help, we're here to serve and um, we know that the church has so much to offer, we want to help you do that
0: Oh, I love it. Daniel, thank you so much for being a part of Good Company today and sharing more about what Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries is doing and how we can get involved.
1: And it's my pleasure. Bless you, Holly. Thank you for all your work, too. One, two. One, two, three, four. You can listen on
0: demand to good company using the My Joy radio app for Google and Apple devices. You can catch us on the radio, 1250. Yes, that's Joy. That's where we are right now. Or maybe you're listening through our podcast or through streaming. Lots of ways for you to join in on our conversations. But this conversation I love so much. I'm all about... Uh, Children being able to see themselves reflected in the tools, the books, the toys that they are using. Probably because growing up, I'm mixed and I was always looking for a Barbie that looked like me. And it was so hard to find one. Finally, my mom found one. I was probably already eight. And it just felt good it felt like oh I I belong there's something I look like Um, and it's just those little things and so for children who may be dealing with other sorts of challenges maybe it's not so much um, the way they look on the outside but maybe it is and there's a new Barbie in town to really help with a, another kind of diverse look. And so Mattel has unveiled a Barbie. Um, they've done the whole different body shapes, the different pigmentations, the different kinds of hair textures. And now they've added a Barbie with a behind the ear hearing aid. So this Barbie has this pink hearing aid. There's also a Ken doll with vitiligo and uh, a doll with a prosthetic leg. So they are looking to be more diverse with children who will be able to see themselves in the world around them, and it could be something like a hearing aid. might seem small, but it's really big. I'm loving that they are doing their best to now be inclusive to those who have experienced some kind of health-related situation like the loss of hearing. So definitely check that out. The new Barbie with a hearing aid. I'm Holly Taylor, faithstrongtoday.com. That is our main hub. This is where we've got great articles for you to check out. All of our podcasts are housed there. And we also have direct links to our social media sites. So if you're thinking, do these guys do videos? Yes, sometimes we do. And we've got some great archives on our YouTube channel. We are also on Facebook. We are on Twitter. And yes, even the Instagram. So check it out, faithstrongtoday.com. I'm Holly Taylor. This is Good Company. And I was talking with a friend earlier this week just about how sometimes even physically you might have an old injury or you've got a bad habit of maybe slouching or you have a a weird gait when you walk or you're too busy, hunched over, trying to do all your work on your computer. And then when you try to correct some of those things, well, other things in your body seem to go wrong as your body has to now readjust. And it can be a painful process. And the exact same thing happens when you start to heal through emotional trauma uh, or just in general, you're going through something emotionally and you're trying to make that shift into a healthier way of living. You have to deal with the mess. It's like when you're cleaning your room. Sometimes it's easier to get everything out of the room that you don't need. You clean the space, and then you slowly start adding things back in that will add to your life. If it doesn't, get rid of it. Maybe make some coin on Facebook Marketplace, or maybe donate to somebody who would actually really love it. So as you're going through healing, and it feels hard, I just want to encourage you to keep on being present with those emotions and pushing through. You may go through feelings of grief. Uh, you might start to struggle with forgiving yourself or you're feeling guilty or discouraged. That's part of the beginning of the healing process. God never said life would be easy for us, but he did say he would walk with us side by side through the journey as we heal. So I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling frustrated, or you're making mistakes, you are re- learning you are shifting from one habit to another and it's tough so if it's hard growth is happening change is happening have a great weekend guys we will see you right here on good company on monday